threshold of victory this weekend. Amen. There's more with us than there are against us. There's been a lot against us coming together for this weekend. A lot of opposition as Brother Ed was testifying, but there's more with us. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're looking forward to what the Lord has in store. God bless you, friends. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, really an auspicious uh, weekend, 30 years of, uh, of, uh, of, of this building, right? 30 years since moving in this building. And I know that uh, most of you gathered here don't know me, but I know of you, and uh, I'm just thankful for the legacy and the influence that God has given the ministry here in Edmonton and the way that the Lord has used Brother Harold, Brother Ed, and the saints here and bless the work. It's, uh, it's a great honor to be here, and it's a real honor. It's really a highlight of my life to be preaching a meeting with Brother Ron and my grandfather, Brother Ray. And uh, it just, it, it's something very special to me uh, in my young ministry. And, you know, I feel like young Stephen out preaching for some, somehow got in, in, mixed up in a meeting with Peter and with Paul. So, you know, and uh, that's certainly, they certainly are apostolic fathers to me. Amen. So we just uh, congratulate you on 30 years and, uh, and uh, just, just excited to play the role of the junior minister here and take, you know, back home we, we, we often refer to the first service in a, in a set of meetings as the plow service, you know, because uh, when we gather together, we kind of come together a little cold or raw sometimes and the, the earth needs plowed up. There are things that need set aside, things that need, you know, worked up a little bit, you know, there's funny feelings we got to press through and distractions and that little bit of coldness that's maybe settled in since the last meeting that you sat in. How many of you want to help me plow tonight? Yeah. Amen. That's what we want to do. We just want to create an atmosphere. Amen. We want to break through into that realm where all things are possible and just have a wonderful meeting. Amen. Amen. It's been two long days of travel to be here. I would say, why don't we just have church? Amen. Amen. I, I'm glad you're with me Amen. You know, there was, uh, there was an army, as we were singing the song coming up to the pulpit here, there was an army one time, a thirsty army, that uh, they, were, they were up in the mountains somewhere looking for water. And, uh, you know, they consulted with an Elisha ministry looking for water, and, and it's quite amazing to me that uh, when they went to, in that Elisha ministry, he had that double portion. Amen. He was wearing that mantle of Elijah, but he didn't call the rain from heaven. Because Elijah had already brought the rain. Amen. But he said, if you're looking for water, he said, you've got to make this valley full of ditches. 
Amen. That's what I mean by plowing tonight. Amen. Is that, uh, is, you know, if you are looking for revival, if you're looking for a drink of that Pentecostal water tonight, amen. Our Elijah already brought the rain. Amen. Are you willing to dig? Amen. I'm willing to dig tonight. So let's press in together. Amen. Let's, uh, let's just press right into what the Lord has for us. Amen. God bless you. Congratulations on 30 years. Let's turn together to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we'll read verses 5 to 8. Very familiar reading for the bride of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> My title tonight is, It's Not Robbery. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form or the morphe of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion or schema as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. Shall we just pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, when we look at our circumstances tonight, Lord, we could, we could look at weariness, Father, the chaos of travel, the opposition that each one of us have faced to be here, Father. But, Lord, those things all have to do with the human element. And it's not the human element that we're looking to tonight, Father. We don't have any trust in the man or the abilities of a man, Father. And I would be the first one to confess my insufficiency tonight, Lord, to do anything for your people, though I would if I could. But, Father, what we are looking for tonight is for your anointing to come. Lord, let that supreme power come and take control tonight. Make us more than we are, Father. Don't only anoint the speaker, but anoint every hearer, Lord, to hear. May you be the speaker this weekend, Father. May you also be the interpreter, Lord, as we surrender. All that we bring you is surrender, Father. We lay ourselves down and say, Lord, whatever would hinder you, whatever there is in me, Lord, that would hinder you, whether it be a preconception, whether it be a funny feeling, Lord, whatever it is in me, let it be laid aside, Lord. And let your anointing come, Father, and take control of this meeting. Lord, say what you would want to say. That's what we're trusting. That's what we're seeking tonight. We dedicate ourselves and we dedicate this service to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you as you're seated tonight. Amen. It's not robbery. It's not robbery. And I just want to take a few moments. I know that you're all well trained in the message. And, but let me just, uh, let me just take a, a few moments to find the channel here and call some things to your remembrance as we just lay a little foundation here. But we've read the scripture that Brother Branham uses as text for the, for the messages, the unveiling of God, as well as the mighty God unveiled. And Brother Branham uh, has a lot to say about this word morphe, this Greek word, this uh, uh, being God being in morphe, amen, in a, in a form, or Brother Branham would call it a mask. Is that right? And, and you know, uh, in the English, in the King James Bible, it's translated as form, but it's really a very poor word to describe what, what, uh, what, what, what God is getting across with this concept. 
Amen. It's, it's more than just a form. It's more than what just shows to the eyes. We had that other word in there, schema. When, it, when you look at Jesus, you saw the fashion of a man. When you, what your eyes saw was a man. What your hands would feel was a man. What your ears would hear was a man. But it's a very poor way. Amen. It, 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 just the form of that man, the schema, the fashion, does not, uh, it, does not fully, it does not fully encapsulate what Jesus was, as we know. Amen. Amen. But it was God not just taking the fashion or the likeness or the appearance of a man, but it was God and Morphe. Amen. And we know that God and, and Morphe, that word means the embodiment of a spiritual essence. Amen. In other words, what you are seeing is, uh, is testifying of more that's under the surface. There's, a, there's something spiritual. There's something essential that's under that form. Amen. And so when you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, you see more than just humanity. Amen. It was humanity, as Brother Bram said, when he would cry. It was humanity when he would be hungry. Humanity when he would be tired, but when he would multiply the bread and the fishes and amen, when he would raise Lazarus from the dead, it was more than a man. Amen. It was God and Morphe, and he was revealing himself through this mask and through this. So, so we're very, uh, we're very well taught on these things and amen. And you realize that that's what the coming of Jesus Christ was all about. Amen. Amen. It would seem robbery to you and I when we look at the fashion of a man, when we look at that likeness. Amen. It seems like something trespassing. It seems like something heretical. Amen. To see what looks outwardly so human and yet it would claim to be equal with God. But it's not robbery. Amen. Because it was nothing less than God. Amen. Revealing himself through that flesh. Amen. It was a wonderful coming. It was a, it was a great mystery being revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can read about it in John chapter 1 where John speaks of this great mystery that was in the Father. and Amen. And, and the Father, the Godhead, the, the one who created the universe, he was an inscrutable, unsearchable, and mysterious being. And John said, no man has seen the Father at any time. There's nothing about him, amen, that, that is attainable to our human minds. He's beyond us. He's above us. He's out of reach, amen, our Father God. But you, then you hear the passion in the words of John, when John would say that, that father, but the word that was with the father, the word that was the father, amen, became flesh, amen, and our eyes beheld him, and our ears could hear him, and we could touch him, why? Because the God that was invisible became visible. And he became touchable. Amen. And God humbled himself to come and pitch his tent with us and make himself understandable. That's what God and Morphe is all about, is God changing his mask through a great drama, prophet after prophet and messenger after messenger. Amen. God is continuously changing his mask to reveal more about himself. Amen. It's a great mystery. Romans 16 deals with this mystery. He says, to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery. Amen. The mystery, which was kept secret, amen, since the world began, but now it's made manifest. Amen. This scripture's more real today than it was when Paul wrote it down. Amen. Now it's made manifest, the mystery, by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, and made known to all nations, amen, for the obedience of faith. Amen. I, and something that's very precious to me is this idea of a God who would humble himself to reveal himself so that we could progressively understand him. Amen. And know him like we didn't know before. Amen. You realize that we never knew that God was a healer? 
We did not know that God was a healer until he came down through a prophetic ministry. We knew he was God. We knew he was Jehovah. Amen. But until he manifested himself, we didn't know that he was Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Amen. We did not know that God was a provider until he had an Abraham on the earth. Amen. That he could manifest himself through a provided ram. And we know he's not just God, but he's God Jireh. He's God my provider. Now, why would God do that? Amen. Because God, amen, humbles himself to reveal himself to you and I so that we can know things about him that they didn't know yesterday. There's things that we know about God they didn't know in the Pentecostal age. They didn't know it in the Methodist age. That they didn't know it. Amen. In Luther's day. Amen. But we know why. Because God would be willing to humble himself. Amen. Great, uh, it's without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, the deity of Jesus Christ, amen, but it's not so complicated when we realize that God's desire is self-revelation. What motivates God to reveal himself, to become more plain, amen, to unfold himself to the people, amen. You look at a, you look at a God-man like Jesus Christ, and to our human way of thinking, it's confusing, but all that it was is the Father, amen, wanted fellowship with the Son, and the Son could never fellowship on the level of the Father, so the Father became a Son, amen, because the love of God for you and I would cross every breach, amen, who would go past every boundary, would break down every wall so that God... Amen, could come down and down and down and down. Amen, to where you would know him. You would understand him. You could touch him tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. We didn't know all these things until they were revealed in Jesus Christ. Brother Bram said, I used to think that God was angry at me. And Jesus loved me. But God was angry at me. He said, then I came to realize Jesus was revealing the very heart of God. Amen. And so God became manifest in the flesh so that you and I could hear his words. Amen. And fellowship with his presence and know that there's a God that cares about you and I. How glorious. Amen. It's what motivates God. It's why, God, it's why we have God in Morphe. Amen. We know, that, we, know that, uh, we know that God is one. Amen. Amen. He, he, Brother Bram said he changes his mask. He changes his act. But he doesn't change his disposition. He doesn't change his nature. He just changes his mask from one to another. He does it, why? To reveal himself more plain to the people that they might know who he is and they might know what he is. Amen. How many here know Christ tonight? You can testify and with us, say with all your heart, I know the Lord. Amen. I'm in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Then I would ask you tonight, how could you know who he is? How could you know what he is if he had not been willing to make himself known to us amen how why would God make himself touchable if he didn't want you to touch him how could he make himself visible if he didn't want you to 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 see him amen but the humility of our God amen would come oh my and condescend what condescension amen bringing us redemption playing out a grand drama why so that we could understand him, so he could be more plain to the people. Amen. So they might know who he is, friends. Amen. You could not know him if it was not his desire to, for you to know him. No man ever sought God, but it's God that comes down. 
He left the splendor of heaven and he came down that I could know him, that you could know him, brother, sister. If you came to these meetings with a desire in your heart, say, I want to, I want to be closer in touch with him. I want to see Jesus this weekend. I want to touch him. I want to hear his voice. Amen. Then your desire is in alignment, amen, with his will. Amen. For it's the will of God to reveal himself to whosoever will. Oh, we're getting ready to have a meeting, an encounter. Hallelujah. He made himself audible because he wanted to be heard. He made himself visible because he wanted to be seen. He made himself touchable because he wants to be touched. It's his desire. That's why it's not robbery tonight. Hey, man, God initiated this thing. God initiated this thing. I have a friend who had a Muslim coworker, and they were talking one day, and he said, you know the thing about you Christians? You know, the thing is that, 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 just, that I just can't understand. You believe your God talks to you. You believe he just comes down and spends time with you, and he talks with you, and you have a personal interaction with this deity? They said Allah would never humble himself to talk to a man. Maybe he wouldn't. Amen. But our God is the only God who humbles himself. And you say, well, I came to this meeting, and I'm, I'm too low for, for him to reach me. I'm too low. I'm beneath his interest. No, our God came down, and he came all the way down. He bypassed every denominational system. He, he bypassed every power structure. He went past every pope, every priest, every potentate, down to the lowest of the low. Amen. To prostitutes and, and addicts. Amen. And thieves and robbers. He came all the way down, friends. There's nowhere you can go on this earth or in this life that you're beneath his interest because it's his desire to reveal himself. Don't you love him tonight? Amen. Amen. Right here. Brother Bram said that's what this Bible has been. It's been a work of God that's been covered up. It's been hid since the foundation of the world in a sevenfold mystery. But God promised in this day, at the age of the Laodicean church, he would take the mask off the whole thing. And we could see it. What a glorious thing. God in Morphe was masked in the pillar of fire. God in Morphe was masked in a man called Jesus. God in Morphe in his church. Amen. God above us. God with us. Amen. But the mask has been lifted off. The veil has been torn. Amen. By the seventh angel's message, it's God in us. That's the condescending of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifested in the flesh. He was handled with God with hands. Brother Bram said, God ate meat. God drank water. God slept. God cried. He was one of us. Amen. Beautiful typed in the Bible. That was God above us. That was God with us. But now it's God in us through the Holy Spirit, not a third person. Not a third person. It's the same person. Friends, how can we believe that all that was in God was poured into Jesus Christ? And stop short. Amen. To be afraid that it's some robbery to say that all that was in Jesus Christ, he has poured into his bride. 
Amen. Don't break the Holy Ghost into one-third of the Godhead. Amen. Some fraction of a Trinitarian theory. Amen. What the Holy Ghost is, is Christ in you. Amen. The same deity that revealed itself in the pillar of fire. The same deity that manifested itself in the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. Brother, God sent a prophet to say, deity's not in heaven, brother. Deity's in you in this age. God came down. Uh, Amen. Amen. It's a great mystery. But God was manifested in the flesh. And Colossians 1 says, even the mystery, which hath been hid, amen, from generations and ages, but now is made manifest unto his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Amen. You say, Brother Nathan, what are all these mysteries about? Amen. You, <laughs> Amen. Well, until the church, you know, has all their diagrams just right. Until we can teach this whole message just right, you know, and until we know who we're going to reign over in the millennium, until all our school children know about this and that. And friends, there's a great mystery. There's a great mystery. There's something vital for you to know. Amen. There's a calling on you. Amen. There's a, there's a, there's a manifestation. Amen. That is yours to fulfill. And it's Christ in you. And it's a hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ in you. Amen. Oh, Brother Nathan, mysteries, secrets, teachings. Here's the secret. The word is in the bride. Are you looking for him? He's here. But you'll have to look beyond the veil because God came down. Amen. The humility of God condescended. He descended lower than our, than our, he, uh, than our prejudices. He, 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 he came lower than our human pride. He came lower than our arrogance. He came lower than our, than our church status and our position in the body. He came lower, friends. Amen. You're sitting right next to deity and flesh and you might not even know it. But I'm here to tell you today, God is eating meat. Today, God is drinking water. Today, God cries. Where? In the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to recognize the mystery, friends. Amen. He's not only one of us. He's in us. Hallelujah. Amen. We come to a showdown in this day. Amen. Brother Brown spoke of a showdown on Mount Transfiguration. Amen. When it came down to prove who he really was. Was he an upstart human being or was it deity? Amen. But deity came down and identified deity. And he said, this is my beloved son. You listen to his voice. His voice is my voice. Hallelujah. And there was a glory that shone out of him. Amen. But it was something different than it was in Moses. It was a further unveiling because it wasn't just his face shining. But his whole body was shining with the glory of God. Don't miss your representation, friends. As sure as there was a Mount Transfiguration showdown, as sure as the world, we're living in a Mount Zion showdown. And God is going to prove to Satan and his Eden and all of his angels, amen, that there's a, there is a queen on the face of the earth. This one's not like Eve. This one will fulfill her calling. This one will beat deity on the earth. This one has creation in her voice. She's the final voice to the final age. The government has come down on his shoulders. And the shoulders are not the eyes of the seer. 
It's not the headship, it's the body. Friends, there's a body ministry on the earth today. Deity's not in heaven. Where is it? Where is it? Hallelujah. Now, you know you can't manifest the fullness of the Godhead in your body. You're going to at least need me. Amen. We're going to need one another because it's a body ministry. It's not the fullness of God in any preacher. It's not the fullness of God in any, in any man, any woman, any gift, any ministry, any church. Amen. But it's deity in you and it's deity in me. Oh, my. And if we could just recognize who we are, what would it be when we all get together under the revelation of our position in Christ, of the glory that's come to us in this day? What would it be? What would it be, friends? There was an attribute in God of healing. that It was a mystery once, and then it was manifested. There was an attribute in, in God, amen, of, of provision. There were attributes of redemption. There was an attribute of salvation. And I just believe that there was an attribute in God called Nathan Erickson. I believe that. I believe that I was in his mind before the foundation of the world. And there was an attribute in his mind. Now, it does not yet appear what Nathan Erickson will be, but it's more clear now than it was at the foundation of the world. Because we're living in the day when the mystery's being unfolded. Amen. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not even what I want to be. I'm not what I used to be. But I'm becoming what I was. Amen. Because a restoration message told me where, it, where I came from. It's telling me where I'm going. It's telling me who I am. That's what God's trying to get across to you, brother, sister. This is a message of identification. When he preached the identified masterpiece, who was the masterpiece that he was identifying? It was you. Hallelujah. What a message. What a message. Amen. God changing his mask. What a revelation that the God, see, God's not one like your finger. God changes his mask, but it's always the same God. Amen. But when he changes his mask, he does it to reveal something about himself we didn't know before. Amen. To open up more of the mystery, more of what was laying in his heart before the foundation of the world. It drives God. It motivates God. It pushes him. It's the desire of his heart. It's his zeal. Amen. His heart is full of a desire. Amen. To reveal himself until every bit of that mystery is known. That's why we're all living in this great drama. God's changing masks. He's playing different parts. As Brother Brown said, one moment he's Macbeth, the next he's King Lear. Amen. He changes from role to role, but he's telling a story, friends. What is it all about? It's a great artistic endeavor. It's an act of expression. God telling the greatest love story, amen, that's ever been told. And you're the object. You're his desire. You're the apple of his eye. You're the reason God sent Elijah. You're the reason God sent Moses. You're the reason God sent Ezekiel. You're the reason God sent William Branham. You're the reason God sent a five-fold ministry. You're his queen. A prophet called you the queen of heaven. What's this message all about, Brother Nathan? Me. Is that, is that your reality? Oh, friends, 
Amen. You've got to see this mystery. It's got to be unfolded to you. Brother Bram said it would have to be a, pers- a revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Birthed into this thing. Supernaturally changed. Amen. Into the image of this masterpiece that he had in his mind before the foundation of the world. Don't ever look at a prophet. A prophet was sent to call you out. Don't look at ministries. Ministry are servants that serve the bride of Jesus Christ. But the principal one in God. Friends, if I was going to write a message, if I was going to write a story, if I, if I was going to uh, express what was in my heart with, a, with uh, uh, all of my desire and all of my longings and all of my love and my passion, I'll tell you who I'd write it about. It would be my bride. Amen. And God's heart is full, amen, of, of, of an expression, of a passion, of a drive, a zeal to bring forth the bride of Jesus Christ. That's why I'd rather live in this day than any age, any dispensation that's ever transpired. Amen. Because we're on the threshold, amen, of the presentation of the bride of Jesus Christ. In fact, we've already crossed into it. I no longer call you church. But I have achieved what I had in my heart before the foundation of the world. And here you are in plain view. Glory be to God. You're seeing God in a new mask. God has changed mask again. Amen. It's the same essence. It's the same nature. It's the same life. But it's expressed through a different vessel. I'm not talking about a prophet. I'm talking about a many-membered body bride of Jesus Christ. God has changed his mask. Hallelujah. When you see Jesus on the cross, you don't see the whole mystery. Amen. Paul, Paul, you hear, we heard the passion when we read Paul. Amen. Talk about the ministry, the, the mystery now made manifest. God, the word that was in the beginning is now flesh. But you know that wasn't the whole mystery. Amen. Because, friends, when he hung on that cross, when he went down to that tomb, and when he rose again, I was with him. But you couldn't see me then. You couldn't perceive you. Oh, you couldn't, you couldn't see the bride. Amen. He had to, he had to lay down. Oh, mark where he lay. Amen. When he, when, he, when he stretched out on a cross and God came down like he did in the Garden of Eden and opened up his side. And out of his side went blood and water and spirit signifying a birth. And what did he birth forth? The manifestation of the secret mystery, the feminine attributes of God. He carried you to Calvary. He held you in the grave. And when he rose, you rose. Glory. Hallelujah. The mystery is made plain in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. The mystery should be finished. What mystery? What mystery? Is it just the right kind of water baptism? Is it just the revelation of the Godhead? No, friends. Amen. It's mysterious attributes. Amen. That once upon a time they had no form. They had no reality. They had no manifestation. But they were real because he carried them in his mind. Before the foundation of the world, when he saw you, he designed you, he counted you, he expected you, he chose you. In him. In him, but you're not in him now, are you? Amen. You are by identification, but the mystery of that is now open. 
it's not a public show, but blessed are your eyes. <laughs> Friends, we're living this thing. I have heard, but now I see. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, well, Brother Nathan, you know, we could, uh, we've had an identification message. We, we can identify Revelation 10:7. We know God sent a prophet. We know what he preached. We know what he revealed. We know what he did. Amen. But can you identify Revelations? Amen. Ver chapter 10, verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, friends. Amen. There's a mystery. There's a prophecy. There's a voice. There's a ministry. The government's on his shoulders. Hallelujah. Brother Nathan, how do I really get a revelation of this message? You must realize that this message is not just about what God looked like in Christ. It's not just what God looked like in a prophet. It's not just what God looks like in your pastor. What does deity look like in you? That's the mystery. That's the question. Because God has changed his mask. And he would only do that to reveal something that was once hidden. What does it look like in you, friends? <laughs> let this mind, this intelligence, this headship, let it be in you. Let it be in you. Now, there's something that happens in the human flesh when you begin to trespass on these grounds. and There's a reservation. There's, this, there's a conservative. There's a fearful thing that just begins to, ooh, it just, it begins to tremble. Amen. When we begin to press into these realms of the word. Amen, because we're looking, at, we're looking at the schema. I'm looking at the fashion of this guy every day in the mirror, and I don't always see the mystery. Amen, but you got to look beyond that veil, Francis, really see what's going on. Amen, because there's something, it, it, it feels wrong, it feels like robbery, it feels like heresy. Amen, but you know what Brother Bram said? He said, God chose to dwell in you, in your temperament. In other words, God didn't call you out of dust. God didn't call you and turn you into a perfect little clone of your pastor or a perfect little clone of William Branham. God didn't call you out of this world just to make you like everybody else. But he chose you with your temperament, with your personality, with your characteristics, with your attributes, with your nature. He chose you. He didn't want anybody else. But the sovereignty of God looked down and he said, that one I can use. That one I, that one I can use. I can take it. This my paintbrush. And I can form that mask. Amen. I can shape it. I can take it off the shelf. I can clean it up. I can, get, I can beat it. Amen. Until it takes the perfect form. And then I can get behind it. And I can play a role that nobody else could play to reveal my mystery to reveal my secret. God chose to dwell in you, in your temperament. Brother Bram knows what that feels like. He said, he said, look, he said he thinks the kind of thoughts that he would think through you. He speaks the word he would speak, but it's through you he does the things that he would do. But he said it would be through you. And we're, we start to tremble. Brother Bram says, I know it sounds awful, but it's right. Oh, friends, there comes a time. There comes a time. You might have been decades believing this message, but you never stepped over that Jordan into your full blessing. You never just fully stepped into that inheritance. Amen. Why? Because it sounds awful. 
Awful to think that I would be the invincible army. Awful to think that I'd be part of this manifestation. It's awful to think I'd be the bride coming of Jesus Christ. It's awful, but it's right. It's right. I didn't say it about you. No man said it about you. William Branham didn't say it about you. It was vindication that took the gift of a prophet to identify who you are. Your deity in flesh. God has become flesh again. Hallelujah. It's not robbery, friends. It's right. It's right. Now, it don't mean it's nothing to do with who you are, nothing to do with this flesh. No, no, that's the beauty of it. It's a fallen temperament, but he chose it. He chose it because he knows he's the only one who could take your imperfection and create something perfect. He's the only one who can take nothing. You say, Brother Nathan, I'm nothing, but he can take nothing and multiply it and multiply it and make something where there was nothing. You're, amen. He's begun a new creation. Amen. He takes void. He takes emptiness. He takes fallenness. He takes humanity. He, he, oh, but the master takes his brush and he creates beauty. He creates a masterpiece. He knows how to shape you. Amen. You, you know you've been through real trials. You've been through real traumas. Amen. You've been through battles. You've been through, you've been beaten out in the furnace of God. Amen. But oh, it was not, but God didn't do it to destroy you. He did it to mold you. He did it to shape you. Because you don't belong to this earth. You belong to the potter and he has shaped you for his purpose. You are a creature of destiny. You're not part of this world and it's void and it's meaninglessness. You're part of eternity. Hallelujah. Deity chose you, friends. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, oh, Brother Nathan, well, then we ought to all be, you know, we ought to all just, you know, we ought to all just have a little more swagger. We ought to, we ought to walk around and, and just, you know, we got to make a public show out of this thing. That's not how deity acts in flesh. No. No, what it, we read it when he, he found himself in the form of a man. What did he do? He humbled himself. I'll tell you why. Because Deity's got nothing to prove. Deity doesn't have any competitors. Deity's not rubbing shoulders with anybody. It's on another level. It's a, it's a level you could have never attained. But Deity reached down and drew you to himself. said, you're part of me. Think of it, friends. The Bible says he doesn't share his glory with another. Then what would be your hope of glory? What would be my hope of glory? He doesn't share his glory with anybody. So how can we have any hope of glory? Because she is him. She's him. It's not your glory, my glory, my gift, your death. Oh, it's none of that. But the grace of God in sovereignty has chose us to be this mass. Brother Nathan, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel worthy. I, 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 how, how could I be an actor in this great cosmic drama? Oh no, you're not the actor. You're the mask. You're the mask. Amen. Let this mind be in you, phroneo, an inner perspective showing itself in an outward behavior. Let this manifestation be in you. It's not yours to manifest, mine to manifest. Let God manifest his intelligence, his headship in you. Let this message have the preeminence in you. Amen. Give me a people who will just walk in step with the revealed word of the hour. I'll show you a Messiah on the face of the earth. That's a direct paraphrase. Amen. 
Let this manifestation be in you, not your mind, not your intelligence, his mind, his intelligence, not how many quotes you can quote and how, how educated you are with this message. We put far too much emphasis on that. Amen. But he said the true, identified Christ of all ages, the true born-again church in this hour is the living word of God. Amen. Uh, am I speaking to the true born-again church? Then the prophet said, you're the living word of God. It's the word of this age made manifest. Not the word of this age that we just talk about and we, and we get together and we go to church and we get out in the parking lot and swap quotes and try to blow somebody's mind and prove how spiritual that we are. No, it's the word for this age made manifest. That's what you're called to be. A living, breathing, manifested reality. Unfailing reality of God. Search the scriptures. See what's supposed to be in this age. It's Christ living again, just changing his mask from one to the other. Amen. Then what is our position in this thing? What is our, what is our role in this message? We are this word. You are this word. You're the word for now. You're the word for today. Amen. You're the word. Hallelujah. Amen. You're not the actor, you're the mask. Brother Bram said, we find here, he said, since Pentecost, ever since Pentecost, God's not acting in man. In, in the man Christ Jesus, it was God acting in man. Now it's not. Now he's acting through man. Amen. He was acting in a man then, Jesus, but now he's acting through man that he has chosen for this purpose. I just love that. Amen. He did the choosing. He knows the purpose. And he does the action, friends. Amen. I, I want to ask you a question. I want to challenge you tonight. What could God do through you? Amen. You, you're too much in the mode of, of what can I do for God? What could I really be? Who could I really, oh, what could I ever really achieve? But what could God achieve? Through his purpose, with his power. If it's his manifestation, what could it be, friends? What could it be for this meeting? Amen. What could it be if we all got in one mind and one accord? But Brother Bram said, give me two men on fire and I'll shake a, I'll shake a nation. Amen. So if we could get one person on fire this weekend, amen, then we'd shake the gates of hell. Amen. We'd see manifestation. I believe we'd see the supernatural. I believe deity would manifest itself in the bride of Jesus Christ. Or else what is this whole thing about anyway? Is Christ the mystery of God revealed or not? Did he pour everything that was in Christ into the bride or not? Is it something just to talk about or is it something to be lived? Is it something to believe? Something to base your life on? Something to feed on? Amen. What could God do through you, brother, sister? Oh, brother Brandon talks about God and Morphe and the Father, God and Morphe and the Son, God and Morphe and the Holy Spirit. He said it's the same thing. It's three offices or manifestations of one God in action. One God in action. And God in his people today is God in action. God in his people today, what does that look like, Brother Nathan? It looks like God in action. It's not an intellectual conception. It's not a new lifestyle. It's not a social gathering. Amen. It's not a bunch of buzzwords. It's not a bunch of popularity, uh, personalities. It's God in action in his people and when you begin to talk about God in action that's when Satan really begins to tremble 
Amen. We begin to preach the word. We, we talk about the word. Amen. I got quotes for this on the road to Emmaus. You can talk about the word till you're blue in the face with no light. Amen. With no manifestation. But when we begin to talk about God in action, the devil comes out of the woodwork. You begin to talk about a God that heals, a God that delivers, a God that baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Amen. They come from everywhere. They'll label you a Pentecostal and call you a fanatic and say you're, you're, you're talking about something that was just for Azusa Street. And, amen. And all the, oh, no, God doesn't do what he used to do. Friends, but I believe in a God of action. And even if I didn't see it, I'd preach it. Amen. In full faith and full power till somebody caught the revelation and manifest this thing. This message is supposed to be lived. Amen. God didn't send a prophet, you know, to just fill us full of revelation or what we call revelation. Amen. Until we're a bunch of us super spiritual scientists and amen that, that can just quote, 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 quote. God didn't send a prophet to write a 23rd chapter of Revelation, but he sent a prophet, amen, to empower a bride to write a second book of Acts. It's got to be God in action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God in action. Amen. Don't let anybody rob that from you. Don't let this robber, this Satan, try to say, well, you're, that's the glare of another day. That's some, no, that was just for that. Amen. Brother Bram said that was the greatest robbery. The greatest robbery that was ever pulled off was a train robbery. And they did it with an artificial light because they sent a red light out on the tracks and the train came to a halt. And everything stopped when it wasn't supposed to stop. And they lost everything that they had. The greatest robbery that was ever pulled, friends. It was the light, it was a false light. It, Brother Bram said it was a glare of the other days. It's a glare that says that was for the apostles and it's not for us. I say, did Malachi 4 restore our hearts to the Pentecostal fathers or did he not? Amen. Amen. Then God in his bride will be a God of action and he'll write another book of Acts. If he revealed himself to the bride in the greatest revelation that ever came, amen, then there will people, there'll be a people who know their God. They'll do exploits. It'll be a God in action, friends. Amen. Amen. What's the matter? He said, walking in the glare caused the greatest robbery. It took Christ from the church. How can Christ manifest himself in a word that's promised today by a cold creed of yesterday? It doesn't warm the seed. Doesn't warm the sea. Now, you original seed should perk up when a prophet begins to deal with that. That doesn't warm the sea. Oh, no, sir, he said, the church's greatest robbery, friends. There is a light for today, friends. There's a light for today. There is a light, what light in the scripture's manifestation, amen? Amen, this word is not an intellectual or a written or, a, or an audio recorded word. It is a manifested word, it's light. There's a light for today, and the light is a green light. That's thus saith the Lord. The move is on for the bride. I can show you where he started it. You show me where he ended it. Thus saith the Lord. The move is on, Edmonton. God is in action today. God is manifesting himself. Don't let Satan rob it from you. Don't let him get in your eyes on something that happened 60 years ago. Don't turn the message, amen, into old hunting stories and testimonies from prayer lines from decades ago and miracles that, that, some, you know, that some distant relative saw. Amen. We need a God in action. Our young people need a real living reality. 
and it's available. If you just make the valley full of ditches, if you wouldn't be afraid to dig, if you'd clear out the old clogs, if you'd walk past the old scarecrows, and don't worry about what somebody will say about you. Don't worry about what somebody thinks. Don't worry whether they think you're spiritual. Let God act. Let God manifest himself. Amen. Amen. Say, Brother Nathan, it's too late. It's too late for works and exploits and all those kind of things. It's too late. We came in too late. No, you're an 11th hour worker. Amen. Amen. This is your time. This is your season. This is a bride age. And it's got a bride wage. And the bride wage is the same as the original wage. Pentecostal blessings are to all times, all peoples. The confirmation of the resurrection. Well, anyway, we could go on at length there. Amen. But see, he said it doesn't warm the seed. It doesn't warm the seed. And I say the only thing that will, that, that, that will make this thing germinate is to preach this message as a current and living reality. And the beautiful thing of, of it is, that's what it is to me. That's what it is to us, isn't it? This is no dead letter. It's real to you. You've had real experiences. We've seen real miracles. We walked in real supernatural. We've been in the real presence of God, in a real atmosphere. It's real. So why should we settle? Amen. Don't let anybody rob you, friends. We're not in intermission. No, the play is going on. The play is going on. Hallelujah. Christ is in the bride. She's bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, spirit of his spirit, power of his power. Amen. But don't make that. Don't make that the glare of another age. We're not talking about Christ in Peter. We're not talking about Christ in Paul. We're not talking about Christ in Azusa Street, Christ in William Branham. I'm talking about Christ in you. This mystery, Christ in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You're the focus of his desire, as we were dealing with. You read the book of Proverbs. Amen. He begins to talk about that virtuous woman. That's your type. Now, when you read the book of Proverbs, you read chapter every chapter, you'll read about foolish women and, 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 and wicked women and, you know, and, uh, and, and, and promiscuous women and, you know, and, and, and all these kind of women. But see, then it comes down to the end of the book. Amen. And then you find really what he's driving at. Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find her? Amen. And that's what, it, that's what it's about. That's the drive of that thing. And the message is not about what's wrong with the Pentecostal church. It's not about what's wrong with the Baptists. It's not about what's wrong with the Catholics. But who can find a virtuous bride? Her price is far beyond rubies. Amen. Scripturally, I believe a ruby is the ultimate symbol of value. It's beyond, in, the, in scripturally speaking, it's beyond diamonds or platinum or any of the things we would think today. It's the most valuable thing that, he, that there could be. But in God's mind, his virtuous woman, her price is far beyond rubies. You are his red jewel. Amen. His blood-bought ruby. You are his treasure. You are his masterpiece. The prophet said you are his victory. He achieved you unto himself, his bride, his beloved his work, <laughs> his glory. 
Who can find her? Amen. There's a bride, this virtuous woman. And Brother Bram said, you are the pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the Son of the living God. Every man and woman that's born of the Spirit of God, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you stand as though you never sinned in the first place. You are perfect. You are perfect. Now for him to make a statement like that, you know it have to be, you live in this body. You know he's talking about identification. You know he's not talking about your merit. You know he's not talking about your beauty. Amen. So stop trying to prove anything to God. But if you throw yourself into the arms of his grace for this age, amen, then you would find in your own, in this temperament, in this vessel, amen, a quickening power that can make you the very manifestation of the word for this day. Who can find her? Who can find this bride? Oh, my. Hallelujah. He found her. Hallelujah. You are perfect. You gotta, we need to begin to realize where we stand with God. Amen. It's not robbery. It's not robbery. He said if the church only knows its position. When it does, oh, it will. It will one day. And when it recognizes its position, the rapture will go. He didn't say it would come. But when you realize who you are, you'll go. Brother Nathan, when does the rapture go? When I go. Because I'm identified in him. I'm life of his life. And he is the resurrection. He is the quickening power. He is the life. He's the sweep. Glory! The rapture will go when you and I realize who we are. It's time. It's time. Now's the time to take our position. Don't be afraid. Amen. Don't worry. It's not robbery. It's time. It's right. It's time. Amen. I need a few more moments of you. You've been so welcome. Would you, amen, would you plow with me a few more minutes? As we turn a corner here, I want to ask you, was Adam a trespasser in Eden? Amen. Was it robbery for him to stand in that garden and pluck from that tree and eat that fruit and, amen, uh, uh, all the fruit of the field and, and to name all those animals and then you think God's up in heaven saying, what's this guy's deal? Who does he think he is? Oh, it wasn't trespassing. It was created for him. It was created for him. He was, he was, he, it was in God's will to place Adam there so that Adam could marvel at God's creation. Amen. I was on the border of your country recently, on the Minnesota-Canada border. Amen. One, one cool, crisp night, and, and the northern lights came out. Never seen it in person in my life. And oh, those of you that have seen it, you know what a spiritual experience it really is. To look up and wonder at those things. And I began to look at that beauty. Almost like the, it looked like the, just the, the, the glimpse of another dimension, like a stairway coming down from heaven. And I began to realize in that wilderness all around me, it was teeming with animal life. Birds and fish and, and foxes and, and wolves and bears and moose and all, all teeming with animal life. And all of them scurrying around in the woods. Amen. Living that same, just unaffected, in that same instinctual way that they live. Amen. It takes a man. It takes a man. It takes a, it takes a son of God, a son of Adam. Amen. To sit there soaking wet, freezing cold in the middle of a lake and look up at the splendor of God's heaven. And, and receive the revelation of God's expression. You say, what does this message need, Brother Nathan? Does it need a new leader? Does it need a new prophet? Does it need a new message? It needs a man. It needs a woman 
somebody to receive this beautiful thing and dress herself in the garments that were meant for her to wear. It's not trespassing, it's for you. It was sent for you, it was created for you. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus told the wedding parable. He talked about a thief. A thief doesn't come by the door. He comes through a window. He comes in an illegitimate way. Amen. So there at that wedding parable, you know that, uh, that there was one there and, 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 and the master of the house, he says, hey, where's your wedding garment? Amen. He didn't have one because he was a robber. Didn't come God's provided way. Didn't come by a Pentecostal experience. Didn't come by a genuine new birth. Didn't come by the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to him. So he didn't have a wedding garment. Amen. That's robbery. That's trespassing. Amen. But when you lay under this message, you begin to realize, not only am I born again, not only have I come God's provided way, amen, not only am I dressed in my wedding garment, it's my wedding. Who's going to kick you out? You can't get cast out. It's your marriage supper. I tell you, it's time to start enjoying this message. Stop living below your privileges. Stop begging for things that God is longing to give to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you, a modern day Ruth? Amen. Here comes Ruth out of some illegitimate Moabite background. She knew she didn't have any claim on anything. Amen. Neither did you. You didn't have one thing coming from God. You couldn't, you couldn't demand a thing. You couldn't demand one speck of grace from him in, a, in that illegitimate birth that you were born into. He didn't owe you anything. Amen. Oh, and, and you spent years begging, borrowing, and stealing every little, every little morsel of food that you could get. Feed that hunger. Amen. But then I see a Ruth. Amen. Come into his presence. You know, he made his bedroom amongst that harvest grain. Amen. She didn't come to him in the kitchen. She didn't come to him in the living room. Amen. But she came to where he made his bedroom there amongst the, there in harvest time, there amongst the gathered seed. Amen. He, 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 he set the atmosphere for a bedroom experience. Amen. And Ruth had, Ruth just had enough courage about her. Amen. Knowing she was illegitimate. Amen. Knowing anything that she had, she begged, borrowed, and stealed to get it. Amen. But there was a desire that drove her to his side. Oh, but will he receive me? Will he receive me? Will he cast me away? Will he tell? It's a scandal for me to be here. It was a scandal for you to approach God. But you weren't approaching him. He was approaching you. And not only did he receive you, but he took his government and cast it over your shoulder. And he said, your home, will, my home will be your home. My life will be your life. My seed will be your seed. Your first marriage is annulled. Amen. Your illegitimate background has been wiped away. Amen. You're not, you're, you're not illegitimate now. You're his bride. I feel about two degrees away from speaking in tongues. Friends, we've come to a bedroom experience with our bridegroom, and he didn't reject us. 
No, but he sent a message to draw us unto himself. He covered us. He covered us. He covered me. He covered you. It was identification grace that did this. I know that Boaz has the power. Boaz is the hero of this drama. But it's Ruth's book. It's your name on the book. This is your story. You go ahead and live it. Don't let the devil take it from you. Don't let anybody rob it from you. It's the Father's goodwill to show you this kingdom. To share it with you. Esther, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go into his presence. I know we get like Esther, and great things are promised to us. We, have, we know that we have a great position with God, but we're just afraid to step through that door. You might come to a meeting, you're hearing things preach, you believe it, you agree with it, something your heart resonates with it, you're afraid to enter into it. You're afraid to entertain it. You're afraid to just cross over the threshold and let it consume you. Amen, because when you go through that door, it's not just the king that's there, but the accuser's there too. Haman's there. Haman's there. If you've ever danced in the spirit, you know what I'm talking about. Haman's there. You ever broke out screaming in church? Haman's there. But you got a standing with the king. Haman will never understand. Haman desired. I will ascend to the sides of the north and stand at the top of Mount Zion. But he's been denied the privilege because it was reserved for you. So don't be afraid, Ruth. Yeah, it takes courage. You got to fight through criticism. You got to push through that adversity. Amen. But don't let no, oh, don't let fear keep you from his presence. You're not trespassing there. He'll receive you. He says, "Come in. Come in. Come to me." Amen. Ask whatever you will up to half my kingdom. Amen, cuz you're half of me. So half of my kingdom is yours cuz you're half of me. Come, Esther. Come in. Don't be afraid. Step into it. I pray that somebody here would cross a threshold, amen, into an experience in the presence of God like you've never experienced before. I pray you would find new boundaries. Amen. I pray that God would expand your borders to the very limits of this promised land. Amen. That you would sit, amen, and enjoy the full inheritance of the bride of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would worship and never think about what anybody thinks about you. I pray that you would lift your hands, amen, in the knowledge that it's holy hands and that whatever the accuser says has no bearing on your identification in Christ Jesus. Can't you feel the spirit beckoning? saying, come in, Esther, press through that door. <laughs> Lift up your head, oh, you gates. I have set before you an open door. Make way for my queen. I want her at my side. I don't want her trembling in the hallway wondering if I'll receive her. This one's not like Vashti. This one's not like Eve. This one will sit in that throne. This one will share that seat. Go in, Esther. Boldly go in there. 
Amen. Brother Brown spoke of, a, of, a, of an existence, of an atmosphere, of a place. The deepest place a believer could get beyond the door, the veil, and the gate. In the holy of holies where the Shekinah glory is, the eternal light of his presence. Amen. That never smokes up. It's eternal light. Amen. In there, manna is always fresh. In there, old dry things, old cracked and damaged lives become green and they bear fruit again. They're restored back to their youth. In there, God scribes his law. Amen. Not on stone today, but on fleshly tables of the heart in that inner place with God. Amen. But you and I are so afraid to enter in there. Why is the believer so afraid to enter in there? Amen. Because we know our types and we begin to look at how, how back in the Old Testament, amen, that, that, that only the high priests could go in there. Amen. And only, uh, you see, you had to be a very special man among very special men to ever trespass into that place. And if you didn't have every jot and every tittle just right, it was death to enter in there. Amen. But don't you realize, friends, don't mix up your types. You're not the high priest. We've already had a high priest. And our high priest came, the high priest of our profession, amen, took the sword of this word and he ripped that veil from the top to the bottom. Amen. And he, and, and he created a new and living way. Don't fear to enter there. Don't tremble. But he said, having boldness, boldness, with boldness, pressed beyond the veil to where the presence of God is. You're not the high priest. You're the ark. Say, but Brother Nathan, but all my humanity, all my flaws, all this, all, all this insufficiency, that's what the shit wood represents. But they covered it with gold. Amen, which represents deity. God looked at your humanity and he saw something fit. Amen, to pour his deity out, to be your covering, to be your crown. Amen, and that atmosphere, that holy of holies is not something that's trespassing for you to enter there. It was prepared for you. That's where God has fellowship with you. That's where he writes this word on the fleshly tables of your heart and he makes it breathe and he makes it live and he manifests it. How could it be trespassing to be in the presence of God when you're the ark of his presence? When he set his mercy seed upon the bride of Jesus Christ? It's not robbery. It's not robbery. What's special about you? What's special about me? Nothing. Nothing really except this. Brother Bram said when Jesus was manifested, all those who were redeemable believed it. Because they were the thoughts of God. The attributes of him at the beginning were made flesh and redeemable. And were brought back to God. As many as he received him, to him gave he the power to become sons of God because they were redeemable. They were from the beginning in the expression. You were a son or daughter of God before there was a moon, stars, or a molecule. And you're only the manifestation now of the attributes that were in God at the beginning. And there's only one form of eternal life, and it's you. Friends, you, you, you're not strong. You, you, you're not, uh, you see your calling, brethren. You're not mighty. You're not noble. <laughs> but you're redeemable. God looked in the back part of his mind before the foundation of the world, and he foresaw you, and he knew everything you would go through, and he knew who you would be. 
It wasn't a blind selection. It wasn't a lottery of chance, but it was God's choosing of you. He said, this one's going to go through trials. This one's going to make mistakes, but I can cover that. I can cover that. Amen. And he's beckoning you tonight saying, saying, my little bride, my Esther, my Ruth, my beloved, my queen, come to me. Press in to, to the position that I have prepared for you. Don't be afraid anymore. It's not robbery. Don't count it robbery. Just come. Wouldn't it be so wonderful to lay aside all the thoughts of, 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 our, of failures, to lay aside condemnation, to lay aside all those weights, to lay aside those besetted, just to lay aside all that, yes. I'll lay aside all that reasoning and all that doubt, and just for a moment to step into his presence and know that you're allowed to be there and know that, and know that it's not robbery, it's not trespass. To know that it's his desire. Amen. He, he spoke to his children. He said, oh, how often, children of Israel, would I have gathered you like a mother hen? I would have covered you with my wings. I wanted to brood over you. I wanted to cover you. I wanted you to feel the warmth of my atmosphere. I wanted you to find your germination in my presence. But you would not. Amen. But they had to be blinded. So that a little Gentile bride, so that a Ruth, so that a Rahab, so that a Tamar, amen, amen, so that, so that you could step into your position. Amen. I've preached all I can preach, people of God. Now it's on you. Will you step into his presence this weekend? Amen. Would you stand to your feet tonight as the musicians come? Amen. Will you boldly go in there? Amen. Enter in, friends. Enter in. I believe, amen, we could have a meeting this weekend like we've never seen before. I believe we could experience things in his presence like we never experienced. I believe the stage is set, and I believe it's his will and his desire. To, amen, to cover us today. How many need a covering? How many need a covering today? Lord, cover me. Cover me, cover me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I feel to drop it right there. Say, God bless you. Looking forward to the weekend together. Could we sing that song, Cover Me? Peace of God. Cover me. Peace of God. Cover me. Amen. He's here to do it, friends. Cover Let's take a moment to entertain him.
ask the question where are we standing where is the bride standing where is Ruth standing we are not Moabites anymore we're not just gleaning in a field what we we need to do is just take our eyes off of brother Nathan the other brothers that are here and we need to make this real personal. Lord, what were you speaking to me today? Not to us, to me. What is the mind of God to you today? It wasn't robbery back then. And it's not robbery today. For you to step into the place that God has ordained for you. Oh, I, I, I just, we need to, we need to honor him. What a mighty God we serve. He became me so that I might become him by grace. He became sin that I might become the righteousness of God. Where is God's final resting place? Is it, is it in books and tapes? Or is it in humans? This is the mystery. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Oh, I, I just think we need to praise him. We need to praise him tonight. We exalt thee. We exalt thee. We
desired it, it it's it's not our desire it's his desire it's his desire for us I I marvel at how the Lord will take the message in its season and we are in a different season than we were when the prophet was here we're in a different season when it was come out from her among my people we're, we're in an intimate season. And, and we're in a season where there's a, it's more than just the outward. But there's a deepness, friends. It's deeper than we realize. God's desire to indwell in us. You, you take the simple little words Brother Branham would say in, in, in the message. And he would say, and he would talk it in, in, it is the rising of the sun. And you just reflect on this. She is him. Now, we, we've been taught that there's two types in the church. There's those that blow it all off. They don't have the money in the bank, but they spend like crazy. There's those that are afraid to write the check, even though there's money in the bank. But tonight, the Lord was challenging us. Will you step into it? Will you step in by faith? It's not robbery. It's not trespass. We need to move beyond slave mentality. We need to move into sonship and adoption. It is mine. It always was mine. I, I was... I was reading the book of Joel chapter 2 and, and I was saying, Lord, there's scriptures here that are not fulfilled yet. 
But oh God, fulfill your word in our midst again. Don't let these words lie dormant. Let there be a people that will pick it up. I want to pick it up, Lord. Let young men pick it up. Let sisters and, 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 and older and elder, let us pick it up, Lord. I, he's calling us a little higher. Oh my, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I think that was more than just plowing. I think there was a little seeding going on. A little fertilization. I, I almost feel like there was some fruit coming forth at the end there. <laughs> my. Well, I'm, I'm sure Brother Nathan's father was proud. I, I, I want to not refer just to Brother Brian back there or his grandfather here, but I think his heavenly father was proud tonight. That's my son. I, I believe we want to just live a little higher. Amen. This afternoon, he landed in Calgary about 2.30. He drove by car. We were kind of nervous at this end because we didn't know would we have to call the cowboy pastor? Would we, would we have to do something different? So I texted him. I said, Brother Nathan, I said, it's, it's going to be a little tight. Are, are you sure? Are you good with this? This was his text back to me. I will rise to the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to rise when you're six foot four or six foot six or easy. It's a little harder for some of us others, but every promise in the book is mine. Let's sing the medley verse of that thing if we can. Every promise in the book is mine.
message today. Don't just say, that was a great meeting. But start to go and say, this is a great revelation. It's happening in me. Oh, I, I just desire more of that personally. I believe it's coming down really deep now. And you know, it's not just in me, deity in me. I love the part about the temperament. I mean, my, there's different temperaments in our midst. Everybody wants to have the temperament of Ron Spencer. Just laughs up there, just does everything. <laughs> no, but you know what? We all got different. Brother Bannon would say, you know, one thing the new birth didn't change was his nature, his love for the nature. Was, was the things that he always had in his heart that way? Changed the inside, it cleaned him out. But oh, there's humanity, but oh, there's something bigger than that. I, I believe as pressures increase, as things happen around us, like Adam, we were made to govern these things, rule them from within. We're going to sing the last two verses. Give me oil in my lamp, sing Hosanna. Brother Kelly. Can you come and close for us today? The oil in my lamp keep me burning. tonight to see ourselves more clearly who we are as a people one day we'll amnesia will be completely gone from us and we'll take a body change and we're looking forward to that amen let's just look to the Lord Lord Jesus heart is full tonight we thank you Lord for this message that we heard Lord we see more clearly who we are as a people father and Lord, it doesn't make us a proud people, it makes us a humble people. That you come by our way, Lord, and minister to our lives, Lord. That you give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit is saying unto the church in this end time hour. Father, when I was thinking, Lord, of how the difficulties of these brothers to come here this weekend, Lord. And Lord, how that the message came through, Lord. Satan wasn't able to stop it but it came through and we're grateful for it father you you never allowed him to rob us of this blessing but we receive this blessing with all that's within our heart there's rejoicing within our heart tonight lord i pray father that you would strengthen our brother lord strengthen them father with a long journey lord 
And Lord, we're looking forward, Lord, what you have for us tomorrow. We pray now, Father, as we go from this place, Lord, that you would bless us, Lord, and protect us, Lord. Bless Brother Ed and his burden for this meeting, Lord, and this church, Lord. We love him with all of our heart. It's just good, Lord, to be here, put our, our shoulder to the wheel, Father. We commit now this unto you now. In Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let this mind be in you. You got to let it happen. Which was, which was Christ, which was Christ's mind, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And yet he also humbled himself. Amen. Became a servant. Amen. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. Well, I can hear the rustle in the mulberry tree. And I know, I know, I know the move is on. one more time and then we're going to dismiss but when we get to the second part move on brother move on sister you can start to reach out shake hands with somebody now don't pull them they got to move on their own <laughs> but isn't it good to be a Christian to be a part of the body of Jesus Christ the fullness of him that dwelleth the all in all the all in all amen Let's sing it. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. God bless you. You're dismissed. Service tomorrow, 7.30. We'll see you there.